Well, one question I want to ask. Did you, I mean, whether or not you loved it, did you enjoy it? Uh, oh, do, you, oh. do you want to talk about this on the podcast? Yeah, let's, okay, okay. Because like, um, that's the whole point of the podcast. If I say, if I, if I give you an answer. Yeah, yeah okay, okay, okay. I, man, I can already, I know what the answer is. Good Lord. All right. <laughs> this, this is an episode I where I need a guest. I, I, I need a girl guest so we can beat up on you for being a terrible person for not liking this comic. Wow. Uh, Get this right. If you don't like the comic, you hate women. this week's book, Aztec, The Ultimate Man by Grant Morrison and Mark Millar, because frankly, there just aren't enough stories about white Aryan brotherhood-looking men dressed up like Aztecs and being ultimate men. I mean, it's it's so rare. Wait, 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 Ryan. What do you mean you were excited? Well, the book turns out was hot garbage, Rumen. <sighs> oh, thank God. I, I concur. For once in this fucking podcast life, I concur. So what? Fuck it. Why did you crinkle up your copy of Aztec, The Ultimate Man? Ryan, I've got a much better suggestion. Savage Dragon? <laughs> no, old chum. I was going to say we should read about The Woman of Tomorrow. Uh, given the current course of reproductive rights, that seems bleak. <sighs> I'm Roman Segal. I'm Ryan Joe. And we are two dudes who are rocketed from a doomed planet to do this podcast. And while we can't leap tall buildings in a single bound, we do look great in red skirts and tall boots. Wait a minute. No. No, we don't. <laughs> Speak for yourself. This week, we are reading Supergirl, The Woman of Tomorrow by Tom King and Bilquis Evely. I am so sorry for butchering your name. The 2021 limited series from DC's Black Label, which is basically DC's new mature Elseworlds imprint. Most just assume that Kara Zor-El is simply Superman's girly cousin, which is probably how she was created many years ago. But in this cosmic adventure, she is anything but. Yes, there is girl power, but as we tag along for a girl's trip for justice, basically true grit in space, we are brought to face the best and worst that humanity has to offer. But what do you mean basically true grit? It is true grit in space. <laughs> Dude. It's actually a fictional metaphor for us. Oh, wait, you mean with all the mass murder in space, all the space pirates, the space racism, the space travel, the space soap? Pretty much. I mean, and we cannot forget Supergirl's super dog Crypto and her super horse Comet. And the story's true protagonist, Ruthie, a young lass from a rural backwater planet who's on an Enigma Montoya-styled revenge quest where she enlists a reluctant Supergirl after Crypto got shot with an arrow by Krem, the murderous villain who killed Ruthie's poor yet noble father. Okay, 
With a okay. name like Krem, Wait. he's up to no good. On their journey, we see the best and worst that we have to offer on full The best is the creme de la creme, and the worst is creme. Sorry. <laughs> we see the best and worst that we have to offer on full sci-fi display with moral quandaries that are often hopeless, which hurt honestly a bit more because of the times we're in, but with good humor, beautiful art and a lovely script, you cannot help but find something to love about this book, which is why I'm afraid to almost ask oh, God. Ryan. <laughs> tell me, tell me what you thought about Supergirl woman of tomorrow. So yeah, like I was saying, like the setup is literally true grit. Like if you read the first pages of True Grit, it's about a 14-year-old girl whose father was killed by somebody who's trying to help, and then she's going out to avenge him. And, and ultimately, at the end, we learn that she's actually writing the story of all of this. Um, so I guess, I guess my, my, my... So the setup is fine, but it feels like there's this really long, mushy middle. How many episodes, issues is this? 11? Eight. Eight. Eight? There's only eight? All right. So there's like about six episodes where it's just like random <laughs> shit happening. <laughs> like, it's about the journey right it's about the journey well, that's the problem there's no real journey to it it's just like they go on these different adventures and you do see uh, there's these space pirates who are worse than most space pirates because they're particularly genocidal obviously their crimes deeply affect supergirl and they go through these various adventures and i'm there's only one one of which i can remember and that which is when they're on dinosaur planet and then and then it, it ends when they capture Krem, and then there's a life lesson moment and in the final pages there's actually like a, a, a sequence that completely undercuts the life lesson moment which is actually something that i wish tom king had ex- would have explored because that is actually where the book starts to get interesting but by then that's like literally the end so I guess it just, to me, it just felt meandering. And I know that there is this central relationship between Supergirl and Ruthie, but it just didn't feel, I don't know. It just felt like something I'd seen before. The Ruthie is young and precocious and, and headstrong and Supergirl is just the epitome of good. And they go through these quandaries where their sense of, good is tested a little bit but in the end until the very end they come out okay on top and uh, yeah i just i guess i just felt found that frustrating wow just, but, I, but you yeah. like you liked it what did you like about it because i i i, I can see, I, I can see really cool ideas here well i mean obviously the broader construct yes true grit in space which i'm okay with like i'm sure that's probably how tom king pitched it because what is Tom King going to do with Supergirl? I mean, I've I, he's now becoming one of those writers that, especially with his like limited series. Obviously, we read Mister Miracle, but he's done Strange Adventures. He's done a number. He's done a Rorschach book, I which I have not read yet. But he does these like short takes where he decides to put a spin on the character mm-hmm. and take them for a ride, and just that the ride itself was great. The art, I mean was beautiful and majestic i honestly felt like this book while very different it felt like not the sequel is the wrong word but an extension of what i enjoyed about all-star superman just this like colorful let's lean in let's get deeply personal let's get really fucking weird story and it honestly it's less about supergirl i mean there is her virtues there is her cursing and her drug use which is pretty awesome literally the the setup for why supergirl's on ruthie's planet is because it's her 21st birthday 
she wanted to do drugs. She literally wanted to go tripping. And she the only place she could do it was on a yeah. red sun planet where her powers don't work. And that's and then even later on, there's like, ah, she finds someone who has like basically drugs, a red kryptonite pill, so she can fight the space dragon. I like there's that. so much of that. I really yeah, but, like that. And then it vanishes. It's like it's, but, it's there in the first issue, maybe one, maybe the second issue. And then afterwards, she just becomes this basic archetype of a good person. What she, she becomes what you expect Supergirl to be. And all of that interesting weirdness that you see in the first issue that Tom King sets up is gone. Two. It's we have the second right with the red kryptonite pill and then it's gone. It's gone, and she just becomes basic Supergirl. And I thought that that's 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 another thing that let me down. I guess it's just this like, but but honestly, if it had just been continued weirdness, that would have been half of the shit you make me read on this podcast, right? Like I, what I enjoyed was the the circle back to the virtuousness because in the other books there was the interrogation of what's wrong with the world. I mean, issue three is the racist genocide planet. Where are the blue people? What happened to the blue people? Issue four is like. It's literally about burying the dead. Like, I I actually didn't mind it because it was only eight issues. It didn't get repetitive because it kept mixing it up. And, I mean, let's jump all the way to the end, like, issues seven and eight, when, yes, you think you're going to have the moral quandary with Ruthie, but then it actually winds up being the moral quandary with Supergirl. And there is a moment. There's this one page, and I actually took a screenshot of it because I was reading it on my tablet, of Ruthie recounting pretty much a lesson from every issue or she was learning along the way. There, there's an amazing quote that Supergirl tells Ruthie at the very end when Ruthie wants to kill Krem, the man who killed her father, that you weren't going to learn that killing is wrong just by me saying it. And then a line that is repeated multiple times in the story that just, again, it, it hit me a little too hard, Ryan, because the world fucking sucks right now. Um, it's too big and we're too small. Like that sums up the book. Like, I, I don't know, man. So- I love that in theory. I, I, I agree with you. I loved I, I, what you just set up sounds awesome. Uh, you want to read that book is what you're telling. Yeah, the way it happens, it feels like um, it doesn't feel like the way people actually are. Like this whole thing about I'm going to give you a life lesson that I learned from each step along the way. I'm a young girl going to give this rousing speech that's going to change the way you think uh, to to. Why does Supergirl, what, why does she decide at this moment to, to kill Krem? Or why does she have to be talked down from, from killing Krem? All, and then, and then because, also of all the gen- because of all the genocidal horror that she witnessed along the way. All the, like, she visits planet why, by planet. She buries why, an entire mm, species. See, here's where I push back. When she ties up Krem initially, she's like, okay, we've got him. I'm going to go to deal with the space pirates. She deals with the space pirates. I guess she sees her horse get killed. Okay, and then she comes down, and now she's a completely different person. And it's like, okay, if if we had seen that transition a little bit more gradually, if we if Tom King had seeded Supergirl's darker turn throughout the corruption of Supergirl, and then Ruthie has to bring her no. back, no, great, no. that would have worked. Here's the flaw. Here's the flaw. The character flaw that I really admired. She was teaching a lesson the whole way. And it's good to be high and mighty and virtuous in the face of genocide and horror and to wag your finger at the the madness of the world. Right. But then when it becomes personal, you throw everything out the window. So it only you, became- you can say, you can, this is like the ultimate moral quandary. You can be totally against the death penalty. You can be marching in the streets saying the death penalty is wrong. And then when someone kills someone that you love, 
How do you feel about it? And that was the flaw. That was the flaw. Comet was someone that she loved. They established yeah, that. In so, so her horse gets killed by the space pirates, and then she comes down and wants to take it out on Krem, right? But she saw some her, real... Her super horse. Her super horse. Wait, well, her super horse slash Superman. Her man inside of a horse. Don't, don't read... Right? That's what he is. He's a man in a horse suit. He's a guy in a horse suit. He just, can't, all, get, he just can't get out of the horse suit until he gets shot by green on, kryptonite. I, 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 I want to ground this like our friends on Ground Geeks do. Like, we can shake our fist at the terrible things happening in other parts of the world and say, that's so bad but we must have a civilized and measured response. We cannot give in to revenge-like urges. But when shit hits your front door, how do you really feel about it? And I mean, that that was the moment. That was the moment for me. Yeah, that, that I, I, understand. Me. I understand the message. I do. I just don't buy the way it was conveyed. I just It, it felt like he, Tom King has a message that he wants to communicate. It didn't feel like, ah, this is, this is how Supergirl would react in this moment because she has gone through so much. There was a moment where she sees like the horror, where she sees like a videotape or whatever of what the pirates are doing. And she's like, comes out and she's dazed, she's stunned, but that doesn't turn her. It's only when Super Horse gets shot. And then she's just like, really then she's then she's i mean hell they shoot crypto she's like okay okay well we'll, no, but we'll we, it's revealed that crypto it's revealed that she always knew that crypto was okay oh 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 okay okay she always knew i don't know do you buy that i don't, I don't yeah know i do because that that was the funny twist that was her lesson she was like telling ruthie no i mean she literally told ruthie i was like dude i actually wasn't on this revenge quest for crypto all along yeah. I was here this whole time to take you on a journey. I was yeah. here, Ruthie. Oh my god! See, that's the, the other thing that that also that motivation also pissed me off. Like, it's not, it's not, it's not the destination. It's the friends you make along the way. It it just felt so labored. Like that's all the shit she went through. All of this rigmarole was to teach Ruthie a lesson about good and and what if what lesson? Some vague fucking lesson about good and evil. I guess what's good and what's evil girl saw her dad get stabbed by some dude. I think she's pretty well versed on, on the evil part. But I don't she know. Doesn't, she doesn't want Ruthie to give in a revenge. And she saw that she saw revenge in Ruthie's eyes and made a decision that I'm going to take this girl with me and I'm going to turn her away from the dark side. I'm going like... to have fun along the way. Yeah, I, I just, I guess maybe personally, I just don't buy that as a motivation. I mean, maybe that's, and maybe that's, that's a super, maybe that's a Kryptonian thing. Maybe the it's Kryptonian you're not a girl. Are, it's because you're not you a girl. What? Right? You're right. I like, <laughs> yeah. The last time I, I, it has been, I will confess, a while since I took a young intern on a road trip on a mission of revenge in order to teach a, a lesson between about what's good and what's evil. It has been some time. Don't, I, forget I, don't forget the drugs. Don't forget the drugs and the space yeah. horse. Which yes, the drugs and the space horse. The drugs which only last for for. I don't know. I, I I really was interested in Supergirl when she had that moral gray area that Tom King set up, and then she loses it, and then she comes back towards the end when space horse gets killed, and she wants to kill the guy. I, I mean, she she already beat the shit out of the space pirates. I'm, I'm wondering why why Krem, why is Krem suddenly the target of her ire? I guess because he needs to be. I, so anyway, it's it's felt like. It felt like an idea, and he was trying to shoehorn characters into this idea. And to me, it just felt re- it felt really labored. And I think what made it worse also was Ruthie's dialect. She has this like this is actually the way to an extent Charles Portis writes Maddie's dialect in True Grit. 
This is another mm-hmm. thing that made me think. I said this was like, oh, this is a True Grit ripoff. But except that Ruthie is just really, really freaking long-winded. And she's long-winded for no reason. It's just like these ornate constructions that are interesting at first, but when they fill up the page as if it's written by <laughs> Kevin Smith, you start to think, oh my God, this is like, she's not really saying anything particularly interesting. She's just saying it in a really elaborate way and a really frustrating way. And I wish she'd get to the freaking point. When did, when did when did when did the joy in your heart disappear, Ryan? By episode <laughs> by issue two. <laughs> that was part of the charm of the book, the writing in the script. That yeah, it was beautiful. it was part of the charm initially. I was like, oh, this is interesting. She's got interesting. Oh wow, it's gonna we're gonna read paragraphs of this. Like sometimes a little goes a long way. I, look, read read Portis's True Grit. Like really, like because that was like she, she has these interesting constructions, but it is actually pared down. It's it's she's she's to the point, but she's to the point in an interesting way. And Tom King is just like winding along. Another really interesting example, like if you, you ever see Deadwood, yeah, like Al Swearingen, the way that guy talks, yeah. right? Ornate Victorian constructions, but he cuts it with these weird with these expletives, and he uses these expletives in these really interesting ways. And so what you have is this like these winding constructions that. So that seem very ornate, but and yet at the same time are very crass. It's this very interesting uh, dichotomy between the two. And with Ruthie, she's just saying what she means, but she's saying it in a really long-winded way. So that's my contrast between like Charles Portis's dialogue and True Grit, and like even Al Swearingen in, in in Deadwood. She's not saying anything particularly interesting. She's just like she needs to stop and take a breath. Sorry, I'm just maybe I'm an asshole. I mean, were you and so like space racism issue three that didn't like move you? It was a great no. It was it was an interesting. I was definitely interested in what happened to to those people. But that's when you introduce space pirates, right? And there's no real resolution to it because then this off off because the world is terrible. That's what made it powerful. There's no superheroes going to save the day. And from that moment on, issue three, four, five, it's just shit, shit, shit. The world sucks. (sighs) The world sucks. The world sucks. And again, maybe I was reading this as like shitty headline after shitty headline was coming out. But like, that's what made it stick. I don't know. I'm not saying... We need to resolve it in a matter that's satisfactory and everyone gets their just desserts or whatever. I'm just saying that those people disappear. So they're interesting and they're they're creepy and they're racist. And then once the space pirates come in, we completely forget about them and go after the much less interesting space pirates. Yeah, because guess what? I I mean, just to get political, I've been thinking a lot about this and I'm I'm just going to get on a soapbox for a second. Yeah. And even I'm guilty of this. And I I said I was going to look it up and I did it. We're all talking about Ukraine. And it's actually, it's now escaping our, our minds right now. But we stopped talking about Syria a while ago. And shit's still going on and shit is still terrible there. And that's what it felt like. I mean, again, and that's not what Tom King was writing, but it's how I chose to interpret it. It's like, yes, a shitty, terrible thing is happening. Let's go to the next planet. That's, and again, that that was what was moving about it. But does like, Tom it's King like, really... yes, we are just going to move on. Yeah, but does Tom King really, I mean... I, I, I guess I took that moving on as like, okay, we're just going to forget about this plot thread and move on rather than a commentary on our attention spans. If, if Tom King, if that were intentional, I guess I feel like Tom King would have signaled it. Like Ruthie would have been like, 
what? We're just going to leave these people? Supergirl's going to be like, yeah, it's tough, but we got other things we got. We got another fish Do you think about Tom King's background, by the way? Yeah, he was like a CIA, yeah. what? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, exactly so he's he an ex-CIA officer. So I don't know. I mean, I do wonder. That's that's not how I was reading it and how I was interpreting it. But like, I do think there's a little bit of commentary on maybe not the shit he saw, but his like world perspective. Like, I, I, mean, I couldn't help but read into that. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. I'm just saying like from a like from a dramatic like again, I, I understand intellectually I think what he's trying to do. I'm just saying that from a dramatic perspective, I think I think it's a misfire. Like again, like okay, I, I agree. Sometimes we we leave important we forget about important conflicts and people we just forget about them. But I don't know if that's a point that Tom King was necessarily trying to make. And I think from a dramatic perspective, he took some very interesting characters, these 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 this planet of blue racists or purple racists and he went after and then and then suddenly the the antagonists became these very generic space pirates and the only thing that really distinguishes these space pirates from all the other space pirates you've ever encountered in your readings is that they're a little bit more i guess violent than others so Hmm. i guess that's that's they're the the creepy blue people, they've got a personality. They've got this, they've got a friendly demeanor, but they're going to mm. snarl at you. And that's like, whoa, Jesus Christ. That's their no, interesting. It's Jim, Crow, it's Jim Crow South. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. But this, but then, then we forget about them forever. And then it becomes all about the space pirates. And what but, is interesting about it's... the space pirates? Literally nothing. That's fair. I mean, it, it was a little bit part of the allure is it was Planet of the Week. Like, I mean, you saw this on like classic Star Trek and even like the new show Strange New World and Next Generation. Planet of the Week is like, yes, terrible shitty shit happens. And then we got to get to the next episode. And I I was okay with that because, yeah. So you drew the the comparison with All-Star Superman, which had the same thing, right? It was very episodic. Every issue, there was a new conflict, a new struggle. And it was very, and it was self-contained until the end when he brought it together. I never felt... there, it was self-contained, but there was the all of All Star Superman was the macro story of right. Superman's final deeds. It was building yeah. for something, just like this was with the Revenge Quest. You're right, but I, I never felt Superman All Star Superman, even though he had a different adventure every issue. I never felt it was muddled. I never felt it didn't have a direction, and I did feel that way hmm. with with Supergirl. And I'm trying to figure it. Th- I'm trying to think why. I, I think with what with each episode of, with each Superman issue, also there's each issue is very very clear what the challenge is, what the stakes are, what the drama is, whether mm-hmm. he has to bust out of prison without being, without right, revealing right. that he's Superman while still dressed as Clark Kent, uh, or whether he has to deal with rogue Kryptonians. Each issue has a very clear conflict, and with Supergirl. But, 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 but there with are Supergirl, there's, what there's was interesting few. about what yeah. was super what was interesting about Supergirl and is I actually didn't know what the conflict or the lesson was until the last page, half of the time. And I I really enjoyed that. I felt like I was on an adventure and a journey every issue, and they didn't close it up or give you the quandary or the lesson till the very end of every issue. I, I feel like sometimes that happened, but some so like there's the race the race space racist episode. Right. There is the I'm on Dinosaur Planet episode. Mm-hmm. And then there's the other one. I guess that there's Burying the Deads. But then I, 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 I kind of Supergirl going around helping people grieve. 
that that it, I I understand that that is, you know, an unusual facet of her to her character that we don't usually see, but it's just I actually remember one issue. So there's this she's she buries the dead, and then there's and then suddenly we go to we turn the page and she's screaming at this big Kirby-esque alien to hit her, hit her, to get your rage out and you'll use me as your punching bag. And I, I remember when that happened, I'm like, did, did, did I miss a couple of pages? Like suddenly the tone just changed and, and, oh, and then I realized that was intentional. Like we're actually, oh, she's actually on another planet, but it's stuff like that where I was like, there, there, some issues there just didn't feel like there was really any, coherence any really mm-hmm. it was this this law long just sort of directionless these long directionless episodes she's helping people grieve in different ways fine but i i i don't know if you really need to devote a whole issue to that it feels like a, it's beginning to feel like a next netflix episode mm-hmm Remember that? Well, Netflix, how do you... Remember Daredevil when when Foggy finds out that 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 Matt yeah. Murdock is Daredevil and they spend the whole right. episode arguing about it and you're like you could have just done that in like 15 minutes. Yeah, early Netflix Marvel shows I didn't mind because it was a universe in a world I wanted to linger and be in. So specifically, yeah, Foggy. I didn't mind watching Foggy and Karen and Matt duke it out and trade stories, and that's how I felt. This this book felt familiar and friendly. In a really terrible world, and that's why I was okay with it. That's actually me, a good ask- point. Actually, I like the I like the way you said that. That is true. Supergirl is this bright spot in a, in a universe that is full of horrors, and there is something to be said about that. And being on the journey with her, I mean, I didn't know whose perspective I should have been reading it from because it wasn't Ruthie's because I don't speak her like the flowery language that she speaks. And Supergirl is the person that we know and identify with and is the secondary character. And but it's it's just being in their company with friends is how I felt. I wanna I wanna jump to the very end. Like the oh, very, very end. Yes, that was interesting, right? Did you not like the ending? I mean, I thought that was great. There's this whole whole story about the moral lesson that we learned. <laughs> and then yeah. 50 years later, fucking old lady Ruthie just yeah, man. Come on. I liked the, uh, again, I liked the idea. I was like, oh, and I wish that that had been what, what Tom King was going for the whole time. And maybe if I reread it, maybe he'll, he'll have seeded it a little bit better. Because that is where it raises very interesting questions. Because Ruthie is the one who says, don't do it. Don't don't kill him. And then at the end, 50 years later, old Ruthie, she actually looks like 80. So maybe, I don't know how, was it really 50 yeah, years? Yeah, it might have been longer. Right, yeah. Whatever. Like 90 years later, old Ruthie... She, they let out Krem, and Krem's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for everything I did. And I, I, I'm absolved. I've learned my lesson. Yeah, so, but why does that happen? What happened between young Ruthie being, don't kill him, and old Ruthie just, like, fucking just killing him in cold blood? What happened there? Like, I don't know. I, but, I, don't I mean, know. There's, there's a whole story <laughs> there that happened. And then she lies, right? She's, she's telling this narrative, Supergirl killed him. I mean, it's actually like really, really dark, cynical ending. And if Tom <laughs> King, and I, I actually wish that Tom King had been built. It's like Mr. Miracle. That, that actually, I really, we both really like Mr. Miracle. That ending really threw you for a loop, threw me for a loop. I know, I think it threw you for a loop, but it mm. all made sense why it ended that way. And this ending throws you for a loop, but it doesn't make sense. And when you go back, you're like, why does the young Ruthie suddenly become a Ruthie-less killer? Did you like that pun? That's pretty terrible. 
That's oh, God terrible. damn it. All right. Well, I'll, I'll keep working on it. I don't understand. I, so, so it's, it, it actually raises a lot of questions that he never really set up at all. And I think the book would have, could have been really interesting because you're playing with narrative. You're playing with perspective. I mean, and to be truth. clear, I, and I, I read this book two or three weeks ago. And then when Aztec sucked, I suggested we you should read this because I upon reading it the first time, I was like, I want to read this at some point. And so earlier this evening, I did a, a heavy skim of like just flying through it to, to refresh my memory. But I don't think a Tom King's no slouch. I think there probably are seeds being planted. Maybe they weren't planted or laid out, obviously, enough for us. Yeah. But because the whole book, the, the whole narration of the book is Ruthie writing this from the future. So I don't know, man. Right. I, I'm. And upon then, a second real reading i think it's probably there maybe i don't know i'd like to i because there's th- th- that changes how you think about ruthie right because she does kill this guy in cold blood at the end why does she do it what are there and then she lies about it she 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 in, in fact she her narrative says a supergirl killed killed him is she saying that because she has this plan she's trying to, to, pr- eventually... she's trying to protect her she's trying to protect her family because the pi- the space pirates that he's part of the club with would have come after her i thought they killed this okay. I, thought they, I thought they got oh maybe yeah she, they didn't get rid of this maybe yeah she didn't get wow supergirl yeah. get finish a job for god's sake stop half-assing things but uh, the, the point the point is so the revenge was never it will never be eked out on ruthie or ruthie's family that that was the whole point of that right so all, everything that ruthie said all of those platitudes they were false they were lies Essentially, they were because otherwise, that but that makes it even more interesting to me. Like, it's, right? No, no, it does. It does. It's a rug, it changes it's the ultimate rug pull. It changes everything. Yeah, it does change everything. I guess, but the whole setup had been like about goodness, finding the the bright spot, and then to find out that it's all a lie. Yeah, it's a dark, cynical ending. I, I'd have to. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. See any setup. For it, and mm-hmm. I didn't see any real justification for it. Maybe I again, maybe I missed it because I wasn't expecting it. Let, let, let me eat two compliments out of you if I can. How did you feel about the art? That's great. Coloring? Yeah, that's great. Art's yeah. coloring great. I mean, like, I, look, I, look, I, the DC Marvel stuff, like they always hire the best artists. There, there's it's rare that you're gonna find a shittily drawn DC Marvel comic i mean the, the stuff is just <coughs> aztec <coughs> uh, aztec okay recent Mar- marvel dc comics like the, the <laughs> it feels like the threshold for the art is always just it's just incredibly high they they just yeah so so even if i find a book mediocre the writing mediocre hmm. um the art is usually going to just be great and this, this is this is no exception part of the style itself never mind that the art was good that's I, I can't help but like make the comparison to All Star Superman again a different style from Frank Quietly but it's just this cartoony realism that takes you to a dark and twisted place. Like, I guess and, um, I guess with Mister Miracle, right? I feel like everything built up to the ending. So when I got to the ending, I'm like, oh, that does make sense. That makes total sense. And when I mm. even though it was a surprise, and when I got to the ending of Supergirl, I'm like, oh, that's a surprise, huh? Uh, came out of nowhere. Hmm. So yeah. I, my feelings b- about both were different. It feels like he tacked it on at Supergirl with Mr. Miracle. It feels like I am seeding things. Maybe, I am gonna, maybe, I'm maybe gonna... it got lost in Ruthie's like ornate language. 
Yeah, maybe it's it's possible. I don't think so. I think she's actually. I think Ruthie is actually pretty. I don't want to say she's straightforward, but she says what she means at the time, and she just has this roundabout way of doing it. A roundabout, mm. frustrating way of doing it. So, um, I actually think well, that yeah. if did you ever did you ever read Atonement? By Ian no. McEwen, because that's it's, mm. that's actually similar because it deals mm. with the way you handle the truth and the way you. That's actually so. Atonement has a similar ending, which I won't say too much about. It's, it, 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 but it's it's the reason it ends the way it does in Atonement, the way the narrative is, is because the main character is just racked with guilt, and this is this is the it's it's a measly way for her to 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 atone for the sins she did as a young girl. And in Ruthie's case, she 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 actually she lies about what who killed Krem. And why? Is it just because she's a psychopath? I don't know, right? There's no real it's it's a little bit unclear. And if there is a reason, it's not one that's born out of her character. It's just one like, "Oh, yes, I don't want the space pirates to come back." Mm. I don't know. It felt a little bit weak to me. All right, second leading question. Was the woman of tomorrow better than the ultimate man? Yeah. I mean, it was readable. (laughs) Grant Morrison. I mean, we've talked about this. Grant Morrison is, we are very hot or very cold with Grant Morrison. Like there are stuff, there's times when he's just really amazing. And there are times when you're just like, what the fuck? And sometimes it's happened with the same comic. You're just like, oh, wow, this is awesome. I don't know about this. Well, it's clear that you haven't made up your mind on Tom King. So while I'm a Tom King fanboy, I, I think we have to come back to the well with him and find something I'm, else. To I'm, so I've read three Tom King books. I, I really like Mr. Miracle, and I was down on Supergirl. And then the one about the White Lantern. Oh, Kyle Rayner was the White Lantern. The Tomorrow Men. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. Omega Men. Oh, so the Omega Men. You that know, that, was, fun fact about that comic. That yes, was Israeli Palestinian comic. Israeli-Palestinian conflict, microcosms. Well, no, I was just going to say, prior to us starting this podcast a long time ago, you gave me your copy of it because you didn't like it oh. that much. <laughs> there we go. I didn't realize that. <laughs> I, and to be clear, I didn't either. Okay. But I do like Kyle Rayner a lot. So but, you're, uh, you're two for one, two for three no, on Tom King, I've, and I'm I've, one for three. I've also read... I have oh, also read Strange Adventures. Uh-huh. Yeah, Strange Adventures with Adam Strange. And I believe I've also read his Batman run, which isn't too bad. So I'm uh, I'm I'm leaning towards positive with Tom King. I will continue to read his projects because I continue to enjoy them. He does have a, he does have an unusual point of view. I think I think conceptually he always does interesting things. But Ryan, my real question is, uh-huh. I'm afraid to ask. Oh God, <laughs> would you would you recommend this comic to someone? No, probably not. I'd recommend Mr. Miracle, though. Hmm. Well, God damn it. I would recommend this comic. I okay. think it was uplifting and dark and reflective of the times we live in. And at the same time, it was a salve that I needed to read at this moment. So I'm, I'm glad I decided to read it. And I'm even gladder that I decided to force you to read it. Can't dispute. Like I said, Supergirl's a bright spot in a shitty world. So I can't dispute. I can't dispute the way she, the, the, the way she makes you feel. Roman, the warm feeling <laughs> that Kara Zorel gives you. Brian, I actually do. Wait, have actually, one I do have a question. question. I just want to bring yeah. up comment. 
was he always a guy in a horse suit? I mean, is that is that is that? I, I think it is. I think I think it is the canon because even like she's trying to explain it to Ruthie, and she's like, "It's a whole thing. Don't worry." Yeah, I, okay. Actually, I don't. I don't know much about Supergirl canon, to be clear. So I have no idea. But it, it sounds like it was. What if uh, crypto? What if crypto is a cat in a dog suit? No, the cat. The super cat's name is Streaky. What if Streaky Streak- is a dog in a cat suit? You know what the name of the monkey is? Bunky? No, Beppo. Beppo the super monkey. Oh, that's a whole thing. Well, wow. I'm gonna make you. I'm gonna make you read Tiny Titans on this podcast. I think you'll enjoy it. I can't wait. <laughs> but but the real <laughs> the real the real question I have, Ryan, what it is? I couldn't even begin to guess. Well, I'm gonna ask anyway. What are we reading next week? Ooh, next week we're gonna be going back to the weird by reading Ultrasound by Connor Stecholti. It was actually recently made into a movie, I think in twenty that was released in twenty nineteen. I don't think it did so well. But so this is if you thought we had disagreements <laughs> with Supergirl, I'm pretty sure we're gonna have a pretty big disagreement with with Ultrasound. It begins on a dark and stormy night when a man gets a flat tire and knocks on the door of a house and it gets really weird from there. And I won't ruin in what way it gets weird, but I, I, I think Connor Stick does some very interesting things with, with visual storytelling. He does stuff that I've really never seen done before. So I'm actually really excited to talk with you about this one, Raman, because I, I think it is going to, I think it is going to be a little bit controversial between the two of us. Well, I'm glad I convinced my local library to purchase this book for me, and I'm sure there will be no judgment when I go to pick it up. <laughs> none whatsoever. None whatsoever. No judgment on this podcast. We're right? a judge-free zone. We don't judge anything except the comics we review. And each other's points of view on them. Exactly. <laughs> and that's our show. Like what you heard? Be sure to share with a friend, subscribe, and leave us a review wherever you get your favorite podcasts. See lots of pretty pictures of the books we read at qtdcomics.com. And since we're sure no one's listening, prove us otherwise. Shoot an email over to say what I got right and what Ryan got wrong. qtdcomics at gmail.com. Give you a social media handle, but we're old, and that feels like too much work. I'm Roman Segel. And I am and have always been Ryan Joe.
Pot luck. Pot luck. 